Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to your podcast or mine, where the creative minds behind the mic are interviewed. Now, let's get things started. Here's your host, Sherry. Welcome to your podcast, Jermaine. I'm Sherry. On today's episode, I'm speaking with John Baker, the creative mind behind the podcast, Too Lazy to Write. Thank you so much for joining me on the show, John. I appreciate it. Oh, my God. I appreciate it. This is fantastic. I don't think I've ever been interviewed before, so this is great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, why don't you give a short description of Too Lazy to Write to those who haven't heard the podcast before? So... First of all, the reason I called it that was because, and this is really embarrassing, I wasn't sure if I should use the T-O-O spelling or T-O spelling, so I just used the number two. (laughs) And I always wanted to write, but I just never could find the time, so I figured this might be a better way to do it. And I've always been interested in listening to what other people have to say, because the whole idea behind the podcast is when I'm not just talking nonsense, you know, to fill 30 minutes on my own, I try to find people who I think have interesting stories because I really do believe that everybody has an interesting story to tell, whether they are, you know, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or, you know, the person who you hire to walk your dog or, or whatever the case may be. I think everybody has something in their past that they want to talk about. And I've been fortunate enough in my life to have met and come in contact with a lot of people who I either went to school with or I knew from, you know, summer camp or just growing up who've gone on to do some pretty interesting things. I always use this as as one of my examples. The first woman I interviewed for my podcast was a woman I went to high school with um, from Ottawa, Ontario, and she was too, but now she runs a Thai boxing gym in Thailand with her partner. And I thought, like, how did she get from this place, from Ottawa, to Thailand? And sure enough, it was a great story. So just stuff like that. That's what I like to talk about. And I've somehow managed to find a lot of people who have been in the music industry who have just been so generous with their time to talk to me. And a lot of it comes from a fan point of view. And they've just been really generous and and really sharing in their stories. So that's sort of it in a long nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've had uh, some intriguing guests on there, too. And regular people I I find sometimes more interesting than, like, big stars. For example, like, people might not know the name Susan Rogers, but she worked with Prince in in 
during the time that he did Purple Rain, Sign of the Times, right. Around the World, you know, all those albums. So hearing that interview was really awesome because he worked with a lot of females, which I have always respected, and she was in the inner circle. So right. to, to get her, her perspective and then to see where her career had gone since then and her education has gone since then is rather interesting. But then you interviewed people like Rod Serling's daughter and CEOs of, of like a cowboy hats uh, company. Oh, yeah, the and... guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. Well, that's the thing. This company, Rock Mount, they've been around, like he was saying, for 85 years. It's a family-run business. And if you follow music, you've seen these shirts before. Like, everybody wears them. And again, the, the one tool that I've found is so useful is just reaching out to people on Twitter. And I think that's how you and I met, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I reached out to some people on Twitter, and sometimes they get back to you right away. And then with Steve from Rockmount, that was like I had written to him, totally forgot about it. And an email showed up, and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. So, well, thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, well, let's go quickly back to the podcast before we start rambling on. So uh, what Absolutely. got you into podcasts, and what compelled you to start podcasting? So... I was working in radio for 12 years and I went to a school for radio broadcasting and my biggest regret was that I didn't pursue a career on the air, which I always thought that it would be something I would be good at. I grew up loving to listen to the radio and when everybody wanted more music, I wanted more talk. And that was my regret. So when we moved here to Virginia, Almost four years ago, I couldn't work because I didn't have a green card yet. And podcasting was something that was, you know, I thought, well, why not try this? Like, I have a computer. I have GarageBand on the Mac. And one of the things I've noticed is, you know, people ask on Twitter this questions like, what does it take to start a podcast? Or is it complicated? I know people who do it out of, you know, professional recording studios. I do it out of a room in my house with a microphone and a kit I bought on Amazon for $150. So the ease of it was something that really appealed to me. And then once I came up with the idea of the sort of the theme of the show, I went with it. Now, having said all that, I expected my podcast was going to blow up and it was going to be the biggest thing in the world. And it's not. But I'm happy with what I do, and I'm happy with the people who listen to it. And more people listen to it, that's great. But I've been really happy with with the feedback I've gotten. So that's why. Yeah, I, I mean, you're a great interviewer, and I've listened to maybe about five or six of them. And even wow. the shows that you know you call them shows that you just like ramble on it's yeah. not really rambling you're just having a conversation and i'm on the other end of it going yeah uh-huh because like <laughs> things like that happen to me you were talking about your doorbell camera and i, I live in florida so okay. sometimes a motion sensor will go on i'll see like a gecko staring back at me and <laughs> i'm like well that's nothing to be worried about you know yeah <laughs> Other people in Florida. Yeah. (laughs) But 12 years in radio, what did you do in in radio? I wrote commercials. That was um, 
That was my life for 12 years. And it was fun at the beginning. And it was great because I, I wasn't married. I had a girlfriend and no real commitments aside from that, I, her and my dog. So that was it. But then as you get older and you get married and you have kids and you realize making $21,000 a year is not the the way to go. <laughs> so I had to leave. But during that time, it was interesting because when I first started writing commercials, they, there was so much creative freedom. We were able just to have a lot of fun. We, I mean, it was a great group of people that I worked with. So we were always bouncing ideas off of each other and celebrating our work. And somebody told me this, and I don't know if it if it's true or if it was their theory, but they said that after 9-11, the, the tone changed and people weren't looking for humor as much in their advertising as they were looking for security. So it became a lot of like, I'm so-and-so from whatever Ford dealership. Why don't you come on down and we can talk and I'll get, I'll sell your car. So a lot of the ads went from very creative to very like just, you know, owner telling you why you should come to them. And that for me was, okay, we're done. Like the fun was gone. And I also saw like, I know that had I stayed in radio, I would have been fired eventually or downsized because that's just how it, how it was going. And pretty much everybody I work with no longer works there anymore, except I think for one or two people. It's kind of sad because I went and visited them about a year ago. Everything had changed. You know, nobody was joking around in the halls or just the joy of it was gone. So I think I was in at a great time and I left when my time was up. And I was happy about that. I uh, went to school for uh, radio television myself. And my big dream was to um, be either in radio, playing music and interviewing bands, or to become a music journalist. And radio has changed so much, but everything's automated now. There's not the same vibe there anymore, So, which is why I love podcasting, too. You know, because, like, you're allowed to be a human. (laughs) Right. No, it's great. It's so true. That was the problem I saw with radio. Just everything you just said. And I've, I've talked to people on Twitter or I've seen tweets where it's, why did you get into podcasting? There was one guy, but it was the same story that you just shared with me and that I shared with you. We, we did it for the love of that medium. And then when we realized that it was changing and not in a good way, we, we wanted to try our own thing. And that's the nice thing about this, right? You can say whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can talk to whoever you want or about whatever you want. And there's no program director who's going to say, eh, I don't really think a ring doorbell is something our listeners are interested in. <laughs> right, right. So before we get back into like the nuts and bolts of, of the podcast, I want to talk to you about uh, a show that you've mentioned on your podcast that I'm obsessed with, and this is probably the only reality with the exception of like the true crime stuff that I'm really in, and that's Love After Lockup. I'm obsessed with that oh show. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> and, and I didn't watch – It's a oh, train really? wreck. Yeah, and I love really train is, wrecks. Huh? You, you have yeah. to, yeah. And then Life After Lockup, which is, of course, their companion – television show yes it's a train wreck and i love it but you know the thing that boggles my mind is that is that these shows are out 
And, you know, I think everyone deserves love. Don't get me wrong. But, right. you know, an inmate really has so much to offer when they're released. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Like, I was last season when it was Clint. Like, that was just terrible. I mean, she left him for crack on their website. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't get better. They, they have a follow-up. No. Uh it it, it, it doesn't lockup? get better. Yeah, it's on life after lockup. Yeah, that's. Oh. But they chronicle her latest shenanigans, and it's not good. It's not pretty for Tracy. So. Oh really? My, yeah. My, my favorite. I thought the most stable one was. Seems like I only remember one person in the relationship though. Was Marcelino and Brittany? Was it? Yes. They seem to be like the two most stable people. Yes, they they are. Out of the whole bunch of them, yes, they are. <laughs> yeah, because then there was the couple, the Mormon woman who took her husband from L.A. to Utah and then wanted to steal his passport, but <laughs> so he couldn't get back. Yeah, that's great. That's just like pure mayhem. Yeah, my wife and I, that was, we PVR it. And she also liked 90 Day Fiance. Oh, see, I haven't gotten into that yet. That might be another one that I have to watch. But, yeah, it's all about the love after lockup for oh, me. Great. So, Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So <laughs> moving ahead, how do you record and edit your show? You I mentioned GarageBand. Yeah, I know nothing about audio. So I had I met a guy who, who does that for a living. He came over and he hooked it all up. And I used GarageBand on my Mac. And I bought the kit on Amazon, like I said. And then I just edited it using GarageBand. And the theme song that I got <clears throat> and the artwork I did on a website called Fiverr, where you basically pay somebody upwards of $5 to create a logo or create a, a music for you. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other things on there, but that's how I did it. So like I said, the whole thing only cost me a few hundred dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. And... How often do you like to release episodes and put out on a particular day or a monthly basis? What, how well, is when I started? I wanted to do it. I, I had this plan. I was going to do one week of me rambling and one week of an interview, and release it every Monday. And then that kind of just fell apart. I thought the interviews would be easier to get, and then we moved, and I had to take apart my system and didn't get it set up right away. So there was a big gap. Uh, so even though I've been doing it for about two years, I think I only have about 31 or 32 episodes. So I would like to get back on a, on a regular schedule of releasing every Monday and doing that alternate of one where I ramble and, and one where I interview somebody. And I, I think I have two interviews in the near future so if I could get those done I also want to get a new computer because right now what happens is it usually crashes on me so I'm also using an app where I just record on my phone but the audio is okay but not great like using Skype or FaceTime so yeah that's how I do it and I do yeah I do want to get back to it every week like I said I thought interviews would be easier but um, I do keep forgetting that people are busy <laughs> so so um, if I have to ramble, I'll ramble. <laughs> well, 
Well, there's nothing wrong with that. So uh, no. you said that you have a couple of potential interviews in store, which is really cool. As far as podcasting goes, how has it changed your life? Well, what's been nice, I think, is that I've been able to reach out to old friends who've gone on to do these great things and have interesting careers. So I've been able to reconnect with them. And it's also given me the opportunity to to become friendly or or in some cases become friends with some of the people who I've talked to. Like when I first started, one of my earliest interviews with a, a drummer named Doug Yowell, or Yowell, I, I still don't know how to pronounce his name and we're friends, but Doug drums with Joe Jackson. And I've always been a huge, huge Joe Jackson. I've talked about it, I think, on the podcast. Uh, so Doug was nice enough to talk to me and grant me this interview. And again, I just reached out to him on I think it was through his website or on Facebook. And since then, we've become good friends. And he's given my son a drum lesson. He's also toured with Suzanne Vega. And when she was in D.C., he invited us to the show. And that's where he gave my son the drum lesson. And he took us backstage. And we met her and some other band members. And then when he was in Harrisburg with Joe Jackson, he gave us backstage passes and he comped us some tickets that I didn't need because I paid for them, but he's just a great guy. So I've been lucky enough to meet people who've become friends and, and sort of taken me away from the being starstruck by them, I guess, uh, to just realizing they're, you know, they're nice people who just have stories to tell. <laughs> right. so I think yeah. that's a real positive. Is there anything that's challenging for you in the way of podcasting itself, or is it just like more of the technical and getting people to, you know, uh, schedules aligned and things like that? I think that definitely is the scheduling and the technical, but I try not to edit a lot. One of the biggest obstacles I found was talking to people I know who know me as a friend or as a coworker or whatever. And I had that, uh, you know, whatever that my personality was in that part parcel of life that they know me, they don't look at me as somebody who is capable of, they think like, I'm just going to joke around with them for, you know, 20 minutes, a half an hour or whatever. And I had one person in particular, I could tell he was hesitant to come on the show because he thought it was just going to be, you know, me, reminding him about you know our summer camp days and the reality was I wanted to just talk to him I mean I definitely did bring that up so the hesitation for the people who know me was an obstacle I had to overcome and then also the fact that like I don't really have a ton of listeners is sort of when people say they want to be on the show I'm thrilled okay because they're coming on to something where there's maybe like 10 people listening or 20 people so that, I think, was one of my biggest problems. But I'm hoping to overcome that as it gets to be more, you know, huge and all-encompassing. And I get live shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you were also mentioning in one of your podcasts, and I always ask this question of my guests, what advice would you give to someone who wants to podcast? So what would you like to share? I would honestly say that if you're going to do it, just do it. Like, don't – one of my biggest faults that I know is, is a fault is my hesitation to do things. And I was reluctant to do it, and then when I finally, you know, got off my ass and, and said I'm going to do it, it wasn't 
scary. It wasn't daunting. It was just something that was so natural to me. And it didn't cost a lot of money. It required learning about it. And there's so many articles out there on the web that are either the top 10 things you should know before launching a podcast, or there's like pages and pages. I really think just like get off your butt and just do it because it's rewarding and it's a chance just to talk about what you're passionate about. Like I found out, I was watching Jeopardy the other day and there's like a podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like there's like so many niche, like if you think it, it, it doesn't exist, it probably does exist, you know? And if it doesn't exist, then go ahead and fill that void. But just do it. Like just, you know, find a way to do it because it's a really rewarding thing I find. I get a satisfaction after I post it. And I have a friend who he's been listening since I started. He's in Wales. And he was actually a guest early on because I met him at a point in my life. We were both really young. And now here we are the same age, roughly. And he's like a tree surgeon in Wales. And he goes around all day and he looks at trees and old trees and young trees and all of that. And it was just, it was just nice to talk to him and reconnect. But I know he's listening and I look forward to his comments, <laughs> you know, like I want to know, did Paul like that one? Right. And I'm happy when he does. And, and if he doesn't, then I'm happy that he told me that he didn't because at least he listened, you know? Right. If you reach one person or a thousand people or a million people, it doesn't matter as long as you are connecting with an audience. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, when, when we, and maybe you do this too from your experience in, in radio, one of the things the instructors told us, and we, our radio station was 20 watts, okay? So your average light bulb has more power than our radio station did. But he said, when you turn the mic on, smile, and always speak as if you're speaking to the largest audience possible. And even when I was, you know, turning on the mic at a 20-watt radio station, I was still speaking. And in my mind, I was talking to, you know, 100,000 people. And even though, like you said, I'm, there's only a few people listening, I still treat every one that I do as if it's being broadcast like War of the Worlds. <laughs> mm-hmm. So on that note, do you have anything else to promote either for the podcast or personally i mean i want people to like the website's the number two the word lazy the number two the word right.com and on twitter i'm at the real john baker j-o-n no h but reach out to me if you want to be on it i want to return the favor and have you on one day so it's on the website it's also on uh, itunes or google play and I know there's a hundred more outlets that I should get it on, but I, I, I don't know how to do that yet. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. great. I, I enjoyed our conversation, John, and I hope to talk to you soon and be on your show and, and talk about my crazy life. So I I've can't got a... wait to do that. I can't wait to return the favor. This was great. It really was. Thank you. And uh, thanks to everyone listening to your podcast or mine. We'll chat soon. Are you a single Take mom? care out here trying to maintain a successful career. I left a message for Margie that research firm in Gramercy Park needs. Meanwhile, trying to figure out why your baby daddy continues to not help you take care of your child. Kick, kick, kick. Up, up, do what you want.
Come on, girl. Chick hasn't even paid child support in long over two years. That would make him a deadbeat, am I right? Maybe you have a teenager. Cut in class, proving she's not falling too far from that tree. Hey, you ever want to take that motherfucker? Take that person down? Sir, put your hands up. You ever want to help other people take their deadbeats down? How are you going to become like a child support superhero or something? You know, he locks me in the closet just to feel big and bold or something. I got a problem. I think my daughter's mom is hiding something. Can you help me find my mom? She left me! Then Deadbeats is here to help. <laughs> what exactly is this? Deadbeats Professional Services, Cassidy speaking. What does that mean? Trust me. Remember the Craigslist killer? Deadbeats on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Follow us at Deadbeats underscore I-N-C on Instagram and Twitter. Pleasure doing business with you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.